Puddles in the morning, puddles in the evening, puddles in the afternoon. Well, I'm a puddle boy and she's a puddle girl. The Puddles Podcast is starting real soon. Welcome to Puddles with Andrew Collin. Oh, do I have a great guest, a great friend that I haven't talked to in a while. Um, I'm excited to talk to her. She's an amazing singer-songwriter. I used to uh, introduce her on stage sometimes, <laughs> as you might have heard her on Spotify in a movie, Twilight, that just came out on Blu-ray. Ladies and gentlemen, Anya Marina. <laughs> Thank you so much. Don't miss me on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Wait, or How I Met Your Mother. Is Marina your real last name? It's my middle name. God, because that's an amazing... I never thought about, until I just said it, how great of a singer-songwriter name that is. Really? I feel... It's like Angelina Jolie. Exactly like Angelina. I'm like Angelina Jolie in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when right? I... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> right when I started Mine the abusive sentence. father. Yeah, although mine was emotionally... No, he's fine. Um... But Jolie is her middle name, too. I remember thinking, did you ever have this when you were growing up? Thinking, oh, I'm going to be famous, so I got to I gotta take steps now toward, no, you never thought you would be. I practiced my signature a couple times because <laughs> I thought one day I'd sign a baseball or something. And then, yeah, it kind of ended there. But, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, Andrew Todd doesn't have a ring to it. My middle name's Todd. No, that sounds like you own Topsiders and you have a place in Connecticut. Well, that's half true. Yeah, well, <laughs> because my brother does, it's half true. <laughs> um, yeah, so wait, what was your real last name? Or can you say it or no? My real last name is just not a great stage name. Originally, it was Krutkiewicz because we were Polish going Jesus. back. But I uh, know it is not that anymore. And I remember like telling my parents, I, I need to have my name not have our, not be our last name because you guys are going to be hounded by paparazzi. <laughs> now it's um, just creditors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess Anya Marina works. Although as I got older, a lot of the decisions I made in my youth, I think like you should have just stuck with your original stuff. Like my yeah. real note. I should, oh. I should have left my real nose. I got a nose job when I was 16. And I mean... 16? You didn't even let it grow in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was grown in. You know, I got a dick implant at seven. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I wasn't finished growing yet. And although the results are fine and everything, you know, some I, I've been watching this show on Netflix, Call My Agent. Have you watched this? I don't have oh. one. You don't have one? An agent. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Like Netflix is pretty affordable. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's a show about all these French people. It's a great show about all these French agents. Anyway, one of the leads has quite a schmaz on her. And I was like, I bet that's like my original nose, my Russian Jewish original nose. So did you get teased a lot for having a big nose? Like what no. made you like make such, did you tell people it was a deviated septum that a lot of girls do? <laughs> No, I was self-conscious about getting it, I guess. But it was like, I, I graduated high school and then I got it. I graduated early. What are and you, 140? Graduated <laughs> at 16? My grandma it. Shirley, I think, graduated high school at like 14. And I was like, you didn't learn. Like, there's no way, like, you learned that much. I don't know. I think your tits were big. So they're like, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> grandma Shirley's got some big old knockers, boy. <laughs> Even at 14? Oh, I mean, she was blessed. She kind of looked like Dolly Parton, like a Jewish Dolly Parton. Oh, my God. Speaking of what you got, there's another thing. I watched it. What did you think? It was great. I liked the. Did you see the Bee Gees documentary? No. I mean, the best. One of the best music documentaries I've ever watched. It's unbelievable. But back that to That song, Islands yeah. in the Stream, I think was written by one of the Gibb brothers, the one that we did on tour sometimes backstage. Um, Remember, they wrote Islands a lot of songs. Yeah, so that was supposed to be for Marvin Gaye. And then Dolly sang it with Kenny Rogers, but it was written by one of the Gibb brothers. I got to watch that documentary. Anyway. Well, Dolly's the Gibb amazing. brothers after disco uh, 
like disco was dead, not just dead, like people hated them, like with a passion. And a lot of it came from this like Chicago uh, VJ or whatever, who was like, fuck disco. And like, and really like they ended up just like, they had a burning of records at during a baseball game at the Cubs game. And it ended up just being a bunch of like African-American records, not even like, like huh. it almost became like a racist thing, but whatever. So they <laughs> couldn't sad. get on, the disco guys couldn't get on the radio. They just couldn't get on the radio. So then they started writing songs because it was their only way to get stay on the radio or stay relevant. They had to change up like five times. It's pretty wild. I don't know why people hated disco so much. I think it just became cool to hate because I always liked it was it. started by gay people and people don't want to manly men don't want to feel gay. So they're that like. Makes sense. Fuck right. disco, fuck emo music, you know? Yeah, it's still weird to me when it's, like, cool to hate on a certain type of music. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's either you're into it or you're not into it. Dude, how many times have you heard people go, I fucking hate country? And it's like, oh, you've listened to all the country? You hate it all? You, right. You, yeah, it's fucking dumb. Like, I'm so smart. Like, I like when someone, like, hears simple song lyrics and they're like, fucking easy dude you know yeah it's like you try it's like writing jokes probably i mean people say that all the time to you probably that they would and i could be a stand-up it's like it's hard to write a joke it is hard to write a joke i always tell people that like you know like jokes and like songs like simplicity is good and i'm not smart enough to make it complex so i'm actually <laughs> that's why i'm good at writing jokes because i only know about 300 words you just keep it real simple. Yeah, I just connect, you know, poop, cum, uh, oh, mother, you know, all the big three. The, <laughs> the classics, the real staples. That's all you need. That's all you need. I mean, you're a singer-songwriter. I mean, what is kind of, I mean, does, is it kind of cheesy to ask, like, what your pro? do you write the music no, first or write the lyrics first? Nothing's cheesy. Um, I usually write the music first because I'm a big melody person. I remember like walking to school when I was a kid and just like that beat of my feet on the street. And then I would make up these little melodies when I was little walking to school and like, oh, this is so fun. I couldn't wait for my mom to drop me off so I could walk. And I forgot about that until I got signed later and I was like writing some song and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I used to write all these little melodies, but never really words, just kind of like you know, fill in the blank things. But um, yeah, like you and I wrote that. We've written a couple of real bangers. Yeah, we have. But yeah, I do think like you always see like, they'll go, yeah, I came up with this song and I did a voice recording. I was like, and then I just put words to what I hummed. You know, like that's so many times when you see like a singer songwriter or a song, you know. They're like, I don't know. I watch Ed Sheeran's doc. I'm, yeah. I'm a, oh, you're into it. Yeah. Oh, I love music documentaries. Tom Petty's was amazing. Um, oh, yeah. I got to watch that one. He's a favorite. Who are your favorite songwriters, singer-songwriters? I love Fiona Apple so much. I wish there was a documentary of hers. Um, that Dolly Parton one blew me away. She's just such a good person, and she's so smart and savvy. Uh, you know, she's like a total feminist, and yet she's – uh, what's the word? Bipartisan? Like she's, you know, she's a Democrat, but she never will come out and alienate anybody. She's really good at like making uh, everybody you think? feel welcome. She's had a husband since she's 18. <laughs> no one's ever seen him. I know. Her best friend. Even her best friends are like, I, I think she has a husband. I've never <laughs> seen the guy. <laughs> Speaking I, of how people write, like at the same time, I think she wrote nine to five. Like, remember, she, she was like, uh, clicking her nails together her long fake nails and she was just like sitting in the trailer bored waiting for them to start filming nine to five and then she just goes tumble out of bed and stumble to the kitchen pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life <laughs> dude dude i think i would have been like a huge country star but i'd bite my nails i think <laughs> it just sounds like skin like just like it's like you can't even hear it. Yeah, it just sounds like skin on skin. I uh, I love that song, that nine to five song, because you could really do it with anything. You could go go into the sink and fix my dishes, put it in the dishwasher, having a good time, going to the gut. like anything that you're going through. 
Like, it's just perfect for that. <laughs> it fits in. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how she came up. She was just walking around an office being like, there's a stapler, there's a whatever. You know? <laughs> but she makes it, she sort of says, you know, I'm not a genius. I just write this. It's not like it takes a brain surgeon to do. I don't know. From my perspective, I think it takes a genius to do that. To yeah. the people that can fit in or that can match the music and the mood to me are geniuses. Like Fiona Apple has this song, Extraordinary Machine. It is so well done. It's one of my all-time favorite songs because it's like, the logic of the song is complicated. It's basically like her telling her family, stop worrying about me so much, I'm fine. I'm, extra I'm an extraordinary machine. Like she can take a lot of stuff. But the way the music builds, it's like so much tension. And then she's like, she's plotting it out all out. Like when the music's kind of like, like this, like middle mm -hmm. of the road, she's explaining something in the middle of the roadway. And then as it builds, she's like, and then this, and then that, and it just, it all coalesces together. And when someone can do that, it just blows my mind. It's like, that is not, I mean, that's like rocket science to me. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it reminds me of a band called Sublime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from California. I know. I know Sublime. I actually loved Sublime in high school. <laughs> but no, I, I hear what you're saying. And I mean, it's like, I was watching this one man show the other day something out of itself i don't know it's on hulu did you see it in and of itself yeah yes oh my god let's discuss it's so hard to like discuss it because it's so i didn't even i didn't even get it until i read an article after i watched it like because i wasn't watching it intensely enough i don't think but what he did no coming from someone that tried to do a one-man show or did a one-man show that you saw actually the one time, <laughs> right. It's, it's taking a whole, like, you know, seven years of your life and condensing it into three sentences that say everything. It's right. bananas. And that's what people do with songs, you know, that's and true. to be able to simplify it into one story. But yeah, that, that show, after reading about it and then I watched it again, I was like, oh, okay, this is really heavy. Like, I still don't understand the letter thing. I don't. I don't either. I'm okay. So he's an illusionist, and he he tell he has this whole show, and it, it's, there's a couple really incredible illusions in there, and but it's also a story and an allegory, and then he does a couple bizarre things where you're just going, how the hell did he do that? I mean, I don't get it. The letter, the letter. I'll never like. So the person looked at the letter. Did the words change on the letter, or was it no. specific? Oh, why do you think that? Because he says, you, the audience, are going to witness something yeah. transform up here. I think that was just a metaphor. Okay. <laughs> I think it's those like letters are actually, I think, here's my theory. that the, And if you haven't seen the show, just tiny spoiler. I guess maybe it's not even a spoiler, but like, it's don't not. listen. Just la, 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 la to yourself. I think the letters are actually written from those people. And I think that's why it said on the outside of the envelope, like sister, brother, mother. I think that way he would know who the person was who sent the letter in. I think they probably signed a non-disclosure agreement. Mm. Like I think. Yeah, I got to go had. back to when they picked the letter. I forgot exactly. Like, what did he say? Like, pick a letter, right? Like, and how yeah. did they get to pick out of a certain amount? I don't remember now. I think he grabbed a handful and was like, pick any of these. And so they picked the one that maybe they all, he just, maybe he had a letter for each relative think, and friend. That's what I think. I think yeah. he knew who he was going to pick in the audience well beforehand and he got letters sent. If those letters are not from those people, then that's unethical. Yes. I mean, that's weird. I mean, because there was very specific things. Also, the last thing where he starts... You, uh, you know, it's so hard to explain this show, but you just got to watch it. But at the end, when he like, you pick, you know, what your occupation is or what you think of yourself and he'll go through the audience and he'll be like, you're, you know, a doctor, you're a healer. Well, that's the same. Uh, you're, you know, whatever, like uh, a good time. You're a nobody at one point, which was wild. Yeah, he so just, he guessed the card that the person chose on their yeah. way into the auditorium. I think the way he did that was since he's such a good card counter, he, I think the cards are put in order in that stack. 
And so he just memorized the order or something. But there's also a video of people picking the cards, so maybe he memorized it that way. He's an incredible, uh, I mean, he can remember anything. Oh, I see, I see. So if he memorizes all the cards and they're picking from the cards, they're probably not gonna pick from the bottom. But what if they pick from the bottom? I don't know, anyways, just watch it. The whole idea of it is like, we're not who, uh, not who we seem, but like whatever you're judging someone on based what they're wearing or what their hair's like or what any story you tell yourself to, to kind of simplify this person to make yourself feel better that you know this person or you know yourself, you're way more than that, essentially. Right, like we're everybody. Yeah. But these shows that do this, that kind of like play with your emotions, they drive me crazy. I mean, I have to finish them and watch them, but then during it, I'm like, this is messed up. Why Why do you feel that? Why was he, first of all, why was he crying so much? I heard on Reddit, a bunch of foreign, like French people were like, we like this show, but we don't understand why so so much crying. Why is everyone crying? Yeah, I guess he's acting, I guess, at the end of the day. But he was fully sobbing. He's like, I am the religious. Yeah, that was a little much. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried for him. I would not be shocked if he took his own life. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, is it a cry for help? I don't think. I think if anything, he's like so aware of who he is. And I, he might have been crying on the one with his mom was there. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, right. you know, I think mom- he puts so much pressure on himself. He has all these secrets. Yeah, And that's what he was sort of saying is like, I've got all these secrets and it's too much to bear. Maybe that's why he was crying or maybe he was just acting. But yeah, in and of itself, weird, but well worth it show. That's one of those shows that was like, it was almost a guilty pleasure. Kind of like, did you get into any murder t- or um, true crime things? Over yeah, this- I did. Um trying to think. I mean, I'm trying to think if this was pre-COVID or post-COVID, like which murder show I watched. I just Aren't watched Night Stalker, guy? which we talked about. I talked about it on here the other day, but which one? Which one? Were you, the Scott Peterson one is good. I watched both of those. I heard. What's your take? Did he do it? Uh, yeah, I guess. I. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. What if you testified that way in court? <laughs> yeah. He did dye his hair. <laughs> that was bad. But he, the paparazzi was on, were on his tail and he couldn't have a life. Yeah. He was just trying to have a life. I mean. When did he do it? There was no time to do it. it there was just no time. The thing is with these documentaries, though, is like, they could edit it in a way where like they could make, you know, the dog, the killer. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'm that gullible where I'd be like, you know, the dog did have big paws. <laughs> like I'm so gullible, like with anything, I could just be fooled. And I'd be like, yeah. That's I like- was, I was definitely a, like full on. He's, he murdered Lacey. And then I watched the second documentary which I heard you had watched. And I'm like, no, there's no way this can convince me otherwise. And then I was halfway through that one. I was like, this is an innocent man. We've got to free him. You just start like, you start learning law to get him out. Yeah. I love those movies where it's like the guy goes to jail and then he like reads like two law books and he's like, oh, you didn't figure out section 14, article two. <laughs> this will get me out because you can't chew gum and shoot a man. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you can, dude. Like- Double indemnity. <laughs> That's all I know. Um, I, I feel bad about myself when I watch those shows. Why like- is that? Because no one wants to kill you? <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> Someday. I'm, I'm sure someone does. Um, no, because it just, it's like it hits a, it, it satisfies something that isn't, doesn't feel nourishing. Like it just feels like an addiction. Like I can't stop watching it, but it's not doing anything for me. I feel like it allows us to be dirty, but like, we'll never murder someone, but gosh, isn't it kind of cool? You know, like, (laughs) like that kind of feeling of like, no, it's on TV. I don't 
care. I don't want to see a dead body, but look at the one on, you know what I mean? Like it allows us to like get in touch with like our darkness a little bit and like justify it. I think maybe, I don't know. And that's why it feels bad. You know? Yeah, maybe. I think I, there's something about watching someone be humiliated, like the guy who killed his wife and two kids, but the neighbor gets it on video, like, or he's caught on video loading stuff into his truck or whatever, and you're just like, oh my God, there's something. Like, Ilaria Baldwin, you know that controversy, right? Yeah, a little bit. She claimed to be, like, real Spanish, and then her accent's fake, right? Allegedly. Yeah, like she was born yeah. in Boston, and and it's unclear how much time she spent in Spain. But her family owns a home in Spain. But they, neighbors and people say they've always lived in Boston. They just moved into Spain like in 2011. <laughs> and but Ilaria says she quote unquote grew up in Spain. But there's like yearbooks of her in Boston, like mm. as a junior high and high school student. So this accent is thick though, and videos from a long time ago. She's like. It is, it's very different to be married. It's very, very different. So that's how she's talking in the yeah, videos. Yeah. But this Ilaria thing, it was so captivating to me. And yet at the same time, I'm like, this is sick. I'm up till three in the morning researching. Why? What? And it's something about someone getting humiliated. That is it's like the same reason why we watch Shark Tank. You know, we like these, like, we like seeing people put in situations where they can fail and then they do. And it's fantastic. Oh, I we're all afraid of it. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, did she like, so how did she, when people were like, this is you in high school, what did she say? She's like, she, no, that is not. <laughs> she just said, she sort of said it would be too maddening to tell you how much time I spent in the state in the States versus how much time I spent in Spain. Mm. Like I think Vanity Fair or New York Times or somebody asked her and she just didn't answer directly. She's just like, I was always back and forth all the time, back and forth all the time. He sounds like that guy that went to Eb the Prince that went to Epstein's Island. He's like, Oh, I was there, but I was, you know, I wasn't, yeah. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was, I just got lunch. I ate, just, a, <laughs> I flew to get a, they have great lobster rolls. So I traveled from England. I took four flights to eat this sandwich. Yeah. It's like, just fuck to, you. Just to, see, that's another documentary I should probably watch. The Epstein one. Yeah. I got to yeah. do all this in private. Cause you know, Matt's not into, my boyfriend's not into watching this stuff at all. He doesn't like reality TV. Oh, he doesn't like country music either. What a snob, <laughs> Matt, fat Matt. <laughs> no, he likes, he likes country. <laughs> Wait, he likes some country. Why doesn't he like reality TV? What, I mean, I wasn't never really a huge fan, but I've, I've been just, watching it a little got, bit more. He's a true, um, He's like a true artist in the way of like, he doesn't like too much outside stuff. He likes books and music and he likes being alone. And then whatever, he's very, don't let him, he, he, I shouldn't let him hear me, but he is a sensitive person. Like if yeah. he absorbs something, it'll, which I kind of understand. If I absorb too much shit, I feel like it can affect my music. Like I don't want to listen to too much bad music because I feel like it affects how I write. But I think it really makes him feel bad. Like, he's super empathetic. So he'll just be up all night like, I feel bad for those people in that documentary. And meanwhile, I watch it, and two minutes later, like, I could probably, like, I, I completely forget about it. It does nothing to me, like, emotionally. I feel like I'm very emotionally closed off. Like, yeah, you're watching something. Yeah, oh. I, I can't believe, well, a lot of it, not necessarily like I watch the people in the audience of shows like one man shows and they start crying from what's happening on stage. I'm like, how are you comfortable enough to reach that point in your heart or your mind to be that vulnerable enough to cry right there? It just blows my mind. I were you wait, but your best friend, Ari, he cries like three times a day. I make fun of him every time. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. Um, <laughs> I love that he does. But were you ever a crier or sensitive? I would cry when my parents were getting divorced, like by myself. I would look in the mirror and be like, "Come on, God, why, why is it like this?" Like that kind of stuff. 
in the mirror. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I like looked hot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think people do look better when they cry. Yeah, I think and, it's. Yeah, I mean, it it makes your red, cheeks a little redder. Maybe yeah. that's why you don't cry. Because I Cause, cried a lot then. Yeah, and maybe you don't want to go back to that. That I mean, that was my nightmare growing up. I had two nightmares: never want to be kidnapped, never want to want my parents to get divorced. Like those two things to me were like torture and my parents almost almost did get divorced and then um but yeah and then what was the other one (laughs) kidnapped wait why (laughs) did did you did you see a movie when you were a kid about kidnap like what made you think a milk carton you drank too much milk growing up in the 80s everybody was getting kidnapped although you'd always hear about kidnapping (laughs) somebody got kidnapped in a van it was a windowless van so that was just in the zeitgeist so and plus we lived in kind of a rural area uh, and that was just my fear that I'd get yeah. kidnapped. But instead, I just there's something like about being in like a rural area where like you see one bad person that you think, and you just you you freak the fuck out. Like if you saw some people that we saw in New York every day, oh, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. near your farm or whatever, you would <laughs> lose your fucking mind. I know. But it's also funny, like because like back then, you know, there were missing kids on milk cartons, and it was a thing. I do remember. It. And now, an Amber Alert will get it, and we'll like be like, "Shut the fuck up, phone!" Like I don't even want this part of my. Now it's so easy to see it, and we're like, "No." Um, That's so true. We're so over it. I'm, it is interesting that like milk was like, <laughs> "Hey, I know how we'll promote," you know, like. It's kind of crazy that milk was like, okay, yeah, we could put missing kids. That's how confident milk was back then. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, imagine, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess cigarettes do it with, like, that dead, the skull. Like, the that's warnings. how much people wanted milk back then. <laughs> that I they- guess they figured kids were, or parents and kids were drinking milk, so they would... <laughs> Like, hey, kids, if you see this, how terrorizing, though. Like, you're six, and you're just filling up your cereal bowl with milk, and they're like, oh, my God, I could die and be kidnapped you know, by a guy in a windowless van. I want eggs. <laughs> like, the kid never wants cereal. He's like, I'll have eggs, Mom. Uh, no, just get the milk from the fridge. No. <laughs> I don't want milk anymore. Now, so, like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I want to ask you about a tough subject. Oh God! Your divorce, your parents' divorce. Yeah, what about it? I had a feeling this was going to end up being a <laughs> uh, therapy session. No, no, I'm curious. No, 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 no. I wanted to go there. I like it. I like it. Um, how old were you? Because I mean, from as someone whose parents almost got divorced but didn't, and I felt like I dodged this bullet. But then so many of my friends are like, "Oh, it was gr- greatest thing that ever happened to our family when my parents got divorced because they were I fighting mean. all the time." Would you, if you had it to do over again, okay, would you? Can I, can I ask you a question? Whose parents fight all the time, get divorced, and don't keep fighting? Oh, interesting point. Mine You're sure saying- didn't. <laughs> like mine, you know, mine kept fighting. Like it was like, or they wouldn't talk to each other. So then all the tension would build up. And then if they were in the same room, you would feel it. The energy of just like hate just coming from both ends and you could literally feel it in a room. And like, if I was with one, I would fucking be worried about the other one. Look, I mean, that's, this should be, your parents should be the ones where you can like crawl in their arms and finally feel safe. Meanwhile, I'm in the arms of my, you know, I'm taking a picture with my mom and I'm like worried about how my dad hates her. You know what I mean? It's just wild. Uh, oh, so all about. those. So you start thinking that's why kids who are like children of alcoholics or, which i am too oh right that's why you're always trying to manage everybody's feelings or do you still do that now or was it just with your parents like i gotta make sure they're happy i used to be i think zoloft and like working on myself a little bit i don't know lately it's been better but i am still very sensitive to uh like um how someone is reacting to me you know like if you're not reacting positively i'll shut down kind of stuff you know? Right, and uh, yeah, so things like that, trying like not wanting to disappoint someone, and if they, I feel like, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure that comes from that, 
But uh, I don't go into a room and be like, are you all right? Are you, okay? you know, that kind of shit. But right. if we're one-on-one, like if, if you were in a bad mood right now, it would, it would definitely, you know, I couldn't like, yeah, like, it's yeah. so hard for me just to like let tolerate someone's bad mood. Just like let them have their bad mood. It will pass. It's so hard for me, especially, oh, my, like sometimes family members will fight. Like let's say my sister's fighting with my dad. It's like I almost can't stomach it. I'm just like I want them to get along. But it's like a new challenge for me to just either leave the room or let it go or just trust that it'll work itself out. But that, that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Dude, my family, it's, and it goes down to, I think it comes down to like, you know, you you hang out one week a year. So there's so much pressure on this one week for it to be great. And like, there's like this whole thing with my family, like my older brother was the one that like, was probably the most like in the middle of it. I like kind of like just hid in the room while my parents were fighting and he had to deal with a lot of the he says, she says, bullshit. And so even now, like when we go to Florida, he's dealing with like, you know, I got to be with mom for three days and then dad for two days and like, and then this energy and then they end up arguing. And then I'm like, I just want to have fun and go on the four wheeler. <laughs> like, what's the big deal? You know, you're talking like you're 12. I know. I know. Well, I'm riding a four wheeler. Like <laughs> I'm like in a go kart. Like, yeah, be cool, bruh. You know? Do your parents still communicate? They do. It's gotten a little better because my mom's sick. Right. Uh, so their egos have dropped some. My dad got sick too, and he's better now. But oh, like, wow. but you know, you get older, and you're, you know, you. It takes energy to be angry. It does. Did your mom remarry ever? No, or move on? she never even dated anyone. She like dated one guy for like two days, and he had like a weird like curly mullet, and we're like, fuck <laughs> this guy, mom. <laughs> It was hard because my dad was a doctor and like a cancer doctor. So like any man that like came into our life was going to be like a fucking, yeah, like a, you know, shoe salesman. We'd be like, get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> also, yeah. you, you know, you don't want to get remarried and then you miss out on those sweet alimony checks. Like there's definitely a right. reason to stay single. Well, you or, could have oh, a keep boyfriend. You yeah, you could have a boyfriend. Yeah. But where we live, we lived in kind of a smallish town and like, the guys that would like fuck with my mom if she's like 50 would be like 70. I remember my parents telling me like, we might get a divorce, you know, why would they tell me that? And then it would just like, I just knew it was on the horizon or like it was in the air. And I just remember like, if they would fight, I remember thinking like, I was a mini therapist. Like I would tell my mom, like, why don't you work on this? And why don't you try to be more accepting? And you're so uptight and whatever. And then to my dad, like, you're not seeing things her way. It's like so damaging. Your mom's like, keep your big nose out of (laughs) (laughs) it. I wish I could see myself now with my nose then. I hear you. It's like me with my foreskin. (laughs) (laughs) Do you wish you had it back? Oh, I, I still got it. It's in a jar. No, it's Andrew. not. No, I don't have it. It's Why just sad. Give me that visual. My dad saved my umbilical cord. Is that a weird thing? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think you knew the answer to that already. That is wild. It's in an envelope. It's small. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Where is it? Just in the house? Just rotting? Does it? <laughs> yes. What happens to it over time? <laughs> It's in Cupertino, where my parents live. Where is it in the house? In a little paper, an envelope, a white envelope, and it says Anya's umbilical cord. And it's in a paper paper file cabinet box. Have you looked at it? I remember seeing it once, and I remember feeling like I had stumbled upon pornography. I was like, Maybe your dad killed Lacey Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me. Oh, I, mean, I keep all the skins of my daughter in alphabetical order and the umbilical cord. Do other parents know? I want to know genuinely, do other parents save their kids' umbilical cords? No, that's not a thing. I had mine around my neck for seven years. My but parents that's... were like, keep it there. Let them, let them figure it out. No, I woke, I woke up. I woke up. I was born with the neck. With it around my neck. Oh my god, Andrew. <laughs> Which explains a lot. 
<laughs> Why there's not so much oxygen going to the brain? No, not at all. <laughs> and then you just made a locket when you were like 11 and you put your dried up umbilical cord in I there. I threw a shark tooth on there. It was dope. Yeah. <laughs> your dad would have loved it. Wait, I just got to see this cord now. It's got to be like old snake skin at this point. It looked like, yeah, it just looked like, you know, a dried up. Um... <laughs> Dude, what do you do? Do you, do you go to the doctor? Hey, yo, 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 no, 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 no. Give it to me. I guess they just got it. I mean, I bet there are other people now save weird shit. They save their kids' hair. They save you know toenails. My aunt did? That was funny. She had dated a guy who had a long ponytail. <laughs> and he cut his hair and she kept the ponytail to this day. She just has the ponytail what? in the box. Yeah. What's his name? <laughs> Pony Greg. I don't know. <laughs> That is so stalker creepy. So creepy. Yeah, she never married. Weird. <laughs> That's bad feng shui. Like, if I was a feng shui tarot card spiritual person, I'd be like, the first thing you need to do <laughs> is get rid of that ponytail. Ponytail Greg's got to go. You can't meet anyone new unless you clear out this old energy, Gladys. Dude, it's so true. It's so true. She's literally holding on to him by the hair. Yeah, it's wild. Wild. Uh, yeah, I've never held on to anything. It's such a weird thing. Ex-girlfriend you know? stuff. Mm. How was moving? Did uh, you throw out a bunch of stuff? Did you come across any body parts? Just a couple cords. Uh, <laughs> umbilical. Not uh, <laughs> Computer. <laughs> computer. Uh, yeah, no, moving's easy. Like, I'm like a, you know, I, I have like five things in my life, you know? It was mostly Buck Mason clothes, but, um. He's still trying to get a sponsorship. Yeah, I don't get it. I still can't get a blue check mark on Instagram either, and I've still? asked a lot. Yeah, it's wild. You have to have over 10,000 followers or something? I have 36,000. Oh, you'll get one in no time. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I honestly like at this point I don't care anymore but it's just so funny to me it's like it's just like what is it about me that can't get one but a person I know with like three thousand or like not even ten thousand got one. Oh really? Like, <clears throat> apparently you need some articles written about you that's what I heard. Oh interesting we could arrange for that can't yeah. Le Leah Schreiber do something? I'm trying you saw me I'm trying to Get in a movie with Leave. Lev? Lev? Leave? Leave. Leave. <laughs> how are you? It is, you, it is striking how oh. that resemblance is. is yeah, but then in person, I'm way smaller. My head's smaller. He's way more like has the it factor to me. I'm sorry. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not even close. <laughs> it's like if I was a Clydesdale. I'm like a little donkey, <laughs> like mini horse. And he's a fucking Clydesdale of me. It is weird though when you did that side by side. I was like, like it immediately makes you even hotter. For sure, like, for sure. That was definitely it's like, thought oh, about. he's he's. <laughs> that was definitely thought about. Like, oh, he could be a movie star. He does have movie star good looks. And then the other thing is like, you can't play his brother in a film because you guys look too alike. We'll play twins, mini twins. His <laughs> <laughs> Shetland pony twin. Yeah. It's a <laughs> well, he has a real brother too that acts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. I yeah. can get rid of him. Um, what um, were you going to ask me? No, so you are like living in the wilderness for a while now. You were living in the wilderness kind of before COVID. Yeah, um, it's the mid Hudson Valley. It's it does feel a little. It's not the wilderness, but it is a tiny, tiny town. And you're right. You see one, like walking around, I used to walk around New York at two in the morning, walk home from the cellar, no big deal, be talking on my headphones, never felt unsafe, ever, because the city's packed. Yeah. But here, you know, I saw a guy walking down the street at four in the afternoon, and he was the only person I'd seen in like, you know, an hour of walking. And I'm like, oh my God, he's carrying a rifle. And I, like, I thought, here we go, this is how I die. He's, he looked angry and he was carrying a rifle. And then um, he kept walking. It was a broom. <laughs> Just a broom. But I was so scared. Um, but yeah, this is, this is my it life. It didn't help that he was marching. 
Yeah, he was marching <laughs> alone with a broom. <laughs> Mentally ill man. He was a little dangry. Can I be honest? A guy with just a broom, not outside, is almost scarier than a gun. You know? How many scary things did you see in New York? Like, I mean, millions, like literally thousands of scary things that you just don't let into your brain. Because if you yeah. did, you would go insane. I kind of miss all the insanity. I don't, not even a little bit. How is St. Louis? I love it. It seems like you have a normal life there. It's, it's like, it's not as like extreme as like what you did, you know, like this is like a city, like you could walk out, there's like, you know, Jimmy John's and Starbucks and Whole Foods we shop. Like, I'm not saying you don't have a whole, but I'm just saying like, it's not New York, you know, after a year, I always tell people it's going to take about a year, but you find a routine in New York where you make it a smaller city. You know what I mean? After about a year, you, you make it a smaller city. Yeah. You just, you just do your, you, you yeah, make a you do your for own yourself. Thing. So then you can like, cause if not, then you're always like, wow, whoa, like it's too much. <laughs> Empire State Building. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went to the same that. 10 places. Yeah. Comedy Cellar, Serious, Foot Rub Place, Manicure Place, Sushi Place. Mm -hmm. And this, and St. Louis has all those things. You know what I mean? Like, I guess the option of having more is kind of nice and cool. And you feel cooler being in New York. You feel like you're around the smartest people. Right. We also live right next to like Washington University Medical Center. Like these people are pretty smart over here. You know what I mean? Like, like we always assume like, you know, smaller cities are not as like cultured or whatever. And it's like, yeah, they are. They are. It's just like. Yeah. St. Louis is one of the greatest cities in the States. Yeah. It, it's, it's got it's, everything going for it. Yeah. We live right by a park. I mean, it's been too cold to really do anything, but you know. Um, I met, you know, it's, it's just been good. It's just been, I work out all the time. Really? In your building? Been, yeah. Me and Nikki have been getting along good. That's great. I mean, yeah. she's a great roommate. She's so fun. The you know, I, I did two years. Yeah, you did. Two, you sound like you did two years of Rikers. <laughs> no, we wanted, I wanted to do more, but she had to go do, uh, what was it? Not safe in LA. Oh, gotcha. That, that was a tough move. I just came across pictures of us crying when we said oh. goodbye. But um, yeah. if she was so fun to live with, she always had a story, always came in the door with, you know, a million things on her mind. And uh, she kept me, I remember thinking like, oh, I need somebody like this in my life because she keeps me motivated. She's always like. To a point where you feel unmotivated, <laughs> like you know, to a point where you feel like you're not doing anything, but in a way, if my 70% is close to her 100, I did a good amount today. She definitely. Okay, what'd you do today? I we we did a practice run of her podcast. Oh, nice! Which went so good. Like we don't we did two practice runs the last two days, and it's like night and day. Like not night and day, but we we're it's clicking really well. You know, we told wait. each other. I think what happens with us is like with anything, you become really uh, you become like when you hang out so much you kind of forget that you're on a show that you, you still need to bring like, it, bring it. And I feel like we wouldn't laugh as much with each other because it was like, yeah, we're, I've heard this or whatever, but like now we're like, okay, each show we're going to pretend we're on Howard Stern. Like what would we, right. how would we <clears throat> act if it was Howard interviewing us? Yes. And that kind of energy, like I said, like a lot of times Nikki, when she's down, you know, and we've talked about this, but like she wouldn't want you up or like a lot of her energy affected me. And now it's like been very positive. And uh, yeah, so it's like great, you know, because Nikki, when Nikki's on, there's no one better than her. It's just. Yeah, her that's on. true. She's a force for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> She's a total pro too. Total pro and you know, I just think, yeah, I just think sometimes when you're with friends, you just forget to be on because, so when you because were you're good about, friends. When you were thinking about moving out there, did you have any reservations about living with someone that you'd work with? Yes, of course. And living with a woman. 
I don't care about living with a woman. I've lived with a woman the last six years. That's right. Uh, Jen, was that her yeah, name? Yeah, I've had like three different women that I've lived with and shared a bathroom. So it's not even a thing with me. Oh, so that's a non-issue. It's complete non-issue. What were your reservations? See how I flipped the tables on you? No, the reservations obviously were, uh, like you said, living with someone, working with someone, uh, being in a situation where your friend is your boss, like all that shit, you know? Like, can I voice my opinion without worried about being fired? Will it affect, you know? And it doesn't feel that way anymore because we've had discussions about stuff like that, like really healthy discussions where I feel like, I feel like COVID made me stronger on my own and I was able to be happy on my own that now I can. Oh, not having COVID, but this whole pandemic. Yeah, yeah, the whole pandemic. Like I realized I could be happy without Nikki in my life, you know? So therefore it doesn't feel like, I don't feel as like dependent. Right. Her, which makes me stronger in so many ways and a better friend almost because I'm more honest and, you know, and I feel a lot better. You know? Damn. See, you are deep. <laughs> yeah, I am pretty deep, <laughs> dude. I mean, how how are you, like, you, you know, you've been living with, can we say? Your yeah. Fiance? My fiance? Oh, no, there's no, I mean, he, we're emotional fiancés. Oh, I thought you got engaged. We, we just have discussed that we'll get married. Oh, gotcha. I guess we are, but. I don't know. We don't refer to each other as that, but we're kind of like, yeah, when this is over, we'll get married. So That's does that awesome. count? Yeah, that counts. Okay, it's so good. romantic. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever the earth decides. It's, uh, fun. it's fun living with him. It's, uh, he's great. I mean, he far exceeds any expectation of uh, whatever I thought a boyfriend could be i have been single for i like 15 years mm -hmm. i think before matt like i don't think i had i dated people here and there like for very short periods of time the point of time where you're like okay this isn't gonna work out so it's yeah. like a month or two i don't think i got over two months with anybody and you hooked up with him in the past right or did yes. you date him in the past or just hook up in the past i met him years ago and I immediately was like, that's the guy, that's the guy, but it wasn't good timing. And I'm sure he thought I was crazy for many of those years. Cause I was like, you're weird. We're supposed to be together. <laughs> Which guys love. I wrote it in blood. I, I spelled <laughs> I it out with my umbilical cord. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he thought you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, I was crazy. I definitely had to do some work on my own. I was not ready. I thought I was ready but I was annoying and I needed to do some serious self work, but I was out of practice. What do you want? I like my, my last relationship was in my early twenties, you know, or mid yeah, mid twenties. So, uh, it was interesting with like being friends with you because you're in, you're very independently strong. Really? And you don't really, you just seem grounded. Like you've done the work, obviously like, but you seem grounded and strong on your own feet. What you do is very difficult. Like being a singer songwriter, like you're extremely talented, but then like this, another part of you, I don't know what the percentage feels like, just get her a fucking boyfriend already because <laughs> I can't hear about it anymore. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, but that's like with any, like when I'm hanging out with a bunch of girls, it's just like so much relationship talk. And yeah. it was like, that's, you know, first of all, it's cool to hear you say that you see me as strong and independent. Mm -hmm. And thanks for saying that about the music, too. That means a lot. Because I yeah. forget that it is hard to support yourself as an independent musician. So it is. But, yeah, that I mean, I'm, you hung out on so many group dinners with so many women. And I just want to say I wasn't the craziest of all those women. No, no. No, you weren't. But, but you I was weren't. probably... <laughs> third you Out didn't five, uh, not put was... gasoline to the fire you definitely yes. you were all throwing some gas in there okay i'll take that i'll take that for sure it's no, you're so right. hard because women you break down everything you break down like if the guy winked like what do you think 
he had something in his eye. Are you sure? Because I think what it means is he thinks of me as my, his mother. And I, I can't be seen as his mother. And he, he just had some, some dirt in his eye, lady. You know, well, that's, like, that's where Nikki and I would differ a lot. Yeah. I am not big on um, translating texts. I hate yeah. that. I, I like to look at text as text. Nikki is like operating on the Da Vinci code mindset of like, you know, he didn't put an exclamation mark. So that means he's over me. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean it means he was on a subway and he hit send really fast. He's not, it doesn't mean I picture like the beautiful mind, but it's just like BRB. Okay. Uh, cool. Uh, later, you know, and she's like later. Cool. Okay. Like the minority report, like, (laughs) Two exclamation marks. Mm. I think he's really into me. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. For too long. Oh, no. What do I do? Yeah. He's got a girlfriend. So, but he's now, bi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're in the country. I mean, you know, this is like domestic life. Like, is it scary or does it just feel organic? Like, the do scary you... part is, yeah. you know, will I, like, you have thoughts like, am I relevant anymore? Mm-hmm. when you're folding laundry like seven stacks and you're like what am I doing but then the other day my friend who I totally respect who's in a band that I love just wrote me out of the blue and was like you're such a hustler I love how hard you work and I was like they think I work hard that's cool like yeah so I think it's just hard to keep a perspective because you're not in the city with all these things happening and you know if I think about it I'm probably putting out as much creative work as I was in New York. It's just, you know, I miss my friends. I miss like being around so many funny people every day. Not that Matt's not funny, but he's the only person I see, you know? Yeah. Um, so that like doing stuff like this. Have you guys really made fun. any friends? Oh, we family? have some friends. Yeah. Like we yeah. went and had drinks uh, with friends around the fire in the snow. He's got a few, but I don't have that many friends. So I need to work on that. And I have one 65 year old friend here and we take a walk <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> with it's a broom. <laughs> no, I get it. Like, with a rifle and a broom. But that's the whole thing though, like with New York and like anywhere, like New York, you, you found 10 places you like going to. You had seven to 10 friends that you really talked to. So yeah. that's all you need in your town, you know? And, and and it gets less and less the older you get, you know? I don't think my dad ever had a friend. Like That's so interesting. I've been like my, my dad's, dad's best man was not his like he hadn't seen him for 30 years. And I think <laughs> the guy stole money from him. Oh like like why don't men have a lot of friends? Matt's the same. Matt has like two friends. My dad had two friends. One of them died last month. Uh, why so do much men of not having have a lot of friends, friends I think was like if you played sports, you needed a group of kids to play sports. If you wanted to go out to drink, you needed a group to go because you couldn't go by yourself. You know, like so much of our friendships were made because we had group activities going on, you know, and then you get older and those group activities, they're less and less like, you know, unless you play like fucking dodgeball or something. That would be fun. I know a guy that plays dodgeball (laughs) in the city. (laughs) <laughs> no it is fun i played kick- i was like in a kickball league it's called like waka or something and, and i did it in orlando and i met great i met i i did i really did meet like awesome people i was just put on a team and i became friends with a bunch of dentists like randomly you know? oh as an adult yeah like i was like you seem like the kind of guy that would would be social and like you're an extrovert right yes and no you know, again, it takes like, what, what energy am I getting? If I'm getting shitty energy, I'll be an introvert in a second. But you when know, you there were a lot of time, like, you know, like in, you have a, a girlfriend now, right? Uh, I wouldn't call Okay. It okay. But yeah. But yeah. But you, have a, you have a friend that you live with in St. Louis and then you date. And then well, do you think you'll go out and like meet more pe- Have you met more people in St. Louis? Will you I hung out. Them? Well, COVID is like a whole. Oh, I forgot. But if it wasn't COVID, like I was going to play baseball on uh, Matt, Nikki's brother-in-law's team. And I'm sure I would have, every guy on that team would love. Like, I'm, I am like that. You're right. Like, you are extremely likable. You're the guy that everybody, you're easy to talk to. Guys like you, right? 
Yeah, usually. But when they don't, it always blows my mind because it's it's usually around 95%. You know, it's like, Why do you think that is, that guys like Some you people are threatened threat. by me. In, in comedy, I think it's either threatened or they think like a woman is helping me or, you know. I like or, how you say threatened. Uh, threatened? Threatened. I say threatened. Threaten. <laughs> how do but, you say M-A-N-H-A-T-T-A-N? Machete? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Manhattan? (laughs) You say Manhattan. What do you say? Manhattan. What do I say? Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah, there's like a, you don't say the T. Oh, yeah, I skip a lot of letters. But a lot of New Yorkers do that, I notice. Like people that have, but you're not a New Yorker. No, I'm from Florida, you know. How do you say, (laughs) down there in Florida? My dad's a New Yorker. How do you say I am P O R T A N T? I am, wait, P O R T. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, people are going to say machete to me. It's the funniest thing. We like glossed over that, but you spelled Manhattan and I said machete. Like, and Woody I just- Allen's finest film, Machete. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the word I am P. O-R-T-A-N-T. I-M-P. Oh, 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 I thought you were saying I am and it's spelling. <laughs> okay, important. <laughs> important. 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 So I say, I say important. Important. And you say important? In- important. Important. Oh, you just say, you say, I am porn. In porn. Maybe this is why people don't like me. <laughs> I love <laughs> No, I think this is why people don't like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I hate grammar Nazis more than anyone. And Nikki is one. And like, yeah, people like correct my grammar. And it's like, I could fucking make it better. I know that. I just don't <laughs> want to. But, but could um, you? Maybe not. Um, so, so... Yeah, no, I don't know if it's threatened. I just feel like sometimes people come at me and they're like, they're like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I can feel it right away. Like, I'm very good at sensing when someone- Is it like always when you're with Nikki or is it when you're alone even a guy can be threatened? I think think people have an idea of who I was sometimes. And I think that can, you know, whether it's through social media or like whatever, maybe, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I really don't know. I, I, cause I'm, 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 especially now that I don't drink, you know, drinking used to get me in trouble with like new people. Cause I'd get so fucked up and then I'd go over, you know, I just remember playing. <laughs> I remember I went out with the dentist, a kickball and um, we went out the first night and we're all getting really fucked up and we're playing ping pong and I'm competitive. Like, you know, you know, in some ways, especially ping pong, I don't know, like, Obviously. Obviously, I'm a pong guy. You know, <laughs> pony Greg, pong Greg. So I end up keep beating this guy, Dave, and I'm like talking shit to him, but he was talking shit back. But like, I like went in, you know, like, you Drinking. know, horse teeth, motherfucker. Like, and he does have horse teeth and he's a dentist, which is probably, you know, tough. And so, and then eventually he's like, I don't like this guy. Like, I don't want this guy part of our like and he was like and he like he was so drunk that he just like made it a point like no fuck this guy this guy's an asshole and i was like no dude like i'm not an, i thought we were just both like so that used to get me in trouble sometimes you know just like you know going over the line going over the line too early in a friendship you know oh yeah i remember working at a talent agency you were an agent no, I was oh. an assistant to an, I was just the phone answering assistant girl. And I remember once I had worked there like three months and we got really chummy and the agent, I, he made some joke and I, and I busted his balls about something. I, I made a joke and I just remember he turned around to me and he was like this short, terrible person, like a really bad guy, just yeah. a bad guy. Just Napoleon complex. Yeah. Yeah. But we somehow had this rapport and we were getting along and I was like, he's fine, you know, but I remember he like turned around to me and I saw his like horrible side and he was, he just said like, 
something quickly, like you got to pull it together. And he's like, you got way too comfortable with me too fast. Never make that joke again. Or, you know, something like don't get comfortable. And I remember I like immediately just like zipped up and just gotten buttoned up again. I was like, Ew. but I, mean, I, I used to do that too. I was listening to Howard Stern and he was talking about um, how Howie Mandel to Howard, Howie, whatever, like, was busting his balls on like America or whatever show there. America's got talent maybe or yeah. And, uh, and Howard right away was like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to be the butt end of your jokes. And I was like, you can do that. Like, like, I mean, you have to get to a level though, where you're like equal or bigger. It's true. You go, no, I'm not going to be the butt end or you don't. You just, yeah. You can't say that to Howard Stern. Could you <laughs> No, Howard? Sorry. Not going to be the buddy of jokes. Or you say, yeah, and maybe he doesn't like you and you risk that. Or maybe he likes you more because you remind him of him and you actually stood up for yourself. I don't know. That, I've, I've done it a couple times where I was like, all right, I'm done. But like, I don't know. It, 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 it is interesting for someone to be like, no, I'm not going to be the joke. You know? I, but then that's like a shitty person too, isn't it? In a way... Like, I mean, maybe they just have boundaries and they don't want to be have their nose smudged in the mud. <laughs> There's no, you know that old expression. Yeah. yeah. There's only so many machetes you could take to the mud bath. You know. No, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I, well, yeah, I mean, it's just so annoying when someone dishes it like crazy and then they're sensitive as fuck when it comes back to them. Yeah, but I feel like when, like... Comics can all do that with each other and friends of comics. You guys are all used to roasting each other and it's like a sign of love, but a dentist isn't going to get that. You got to read the room, but when you're drinking, you can't read any room. It is hard to read a room when you're hammered, but you know, my friends from home from high school are way meaner to each other than my comic (laughs) friends ever were. It's like not even close. Like, what do they say? I mean, who, I mean, I don't even think I could say it on here. You know, like, (laughs) I mean, it's just sexist, all that's all that stuff, you know, like just, yeah, but like we destroy each other. But honestly, it is that thing like we are that close where it's like, you know, it's just ruthless, but also like the best thing ever, you know, I got to say, I miss being roasted. I miss people picking on me at the cellar in the right context. It's great. I remember wearing a scarf to the cellar once and I just sat down and you could use it 20 right minutes now. later. <laughs> I gave it to my mom. I was so scarred by the roasting. I was just like, what did they wow. say? Oh my God. Bonnie McFarlane walks in. She's like, hello, Singapore airlines. I'm like what? <laughs> and then, then Jessica Kirsten's like, are you my therapist? And then Nikki walks up and she's like, hi, I'm your cruise director. <laughs> like everyone, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm never wearing the scarf again, you bitches. You just hang yourself with the scarf. You're like, yeah, okay, thanks. I mean, it's, um, yeah, no, I love- It was a case, babe. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Find the doorknob. Uh, so, no, I just feel like uh, the reason why my friends from home can razz each other is because they can handle a razzing, you know? You know, so that's really what it comes down to for me. It's like roast me all you want, but it's coming back. And if you can't handle it, then we're not. I feel like because you're half Jewish, are you Jewish? No, I'm full, full. Oh, you're full. Well, that's, I feel like all of my Jewish friends, they have the best sense of humor. Darkest by far, just insanely dark. Just like murder, like everything. Like you just, I don't know, you'll meet another Jewish person from like at a wedding and it's like, are you my cousin? Because yes. we just made fun of like, That's the, why I like you. the wife's abortion, you know, <laughs> yeah. like who, that just happened before the wedding, you know, like, did you hear about that? <laughs> you know, like, you know, I, whatever, like whatever it is, like there is something about Jews that connect. It's well, weird. we've already experienced the worst thing you could ever imagine. So what's a joke? A joke is just yeah. relief from that. I know. Seinfeld? Um, what about it? No, <laughs> we both. I couldn't think of a better one. We both experienced oh. the worst. <laughs> Seinfeld actually is like the worst example ever. I was thinking like Jerry Mason for some reason. Oh yeah, wait, the old guy. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. Is that his name? 
Jerry Mason was in uh, Caddyshack 2. He was like that old Jewish guy. He was like small yes. and disgusting. Jerry Mason? Was that really his name? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. that's... And his daughter no. worked at New York Comedy Club, I think. Or I feel like it's Comedy not Club. Jackie. Jackie Mason. Oh, Jackie Mason. Uh, yes, I remember him. He was great. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry... It's his breath. Jerry Seinfeld and Jackie Mason. <laughs> we finally cleared it up. We cleared it up. Well, anyways, this has been awesome. And it literally went by so fast because it's Thanks great. Thanks for having me. I love talking to you. We don't do I it enough. I miss you. I'm I miss dancing you. with you. That's the one thing I don't really miss that much. You were so good. Our know, dance I'm finale. <laughs> I miss your freestyle dancing. That, it's so funny. Like I'll get people like comics still will say like a backhanded, like, what are you doing? Dances <laughs> like shit like that. And it's like, fuck you, dude. Dude, Sorry. you're fly. You got all the moves. You got all the solo hot twirling, quick pop blocking moves out. I hurt my shoulder last March after tour and it still is fucked up. <laughs> Don't pop Probably. and lock it, dude. <laughs> okay, well, that's what we learned today. Don't pop and lock it, Dad. <laughs> if you're going to pop it, don't lock it. That's what I said. You or don't lock say. it when you pop it. You know what they say, mud in the water. Don't rub your nose in the mud. You got to pop it and lock it. <laughs> Unless you got a nose job when you're 16. <laughs> then you can pop it. Because you got in your parents' business, pop it lock. This has been amazing. Okay, plug your <laughs> album and plug your Instagram. Do all that stuff. Please get my album, Queen of the Night. It just came out uh, a few months ago, and I have a new live album that is about to come out called Live and Alone in New York. And join my Patreon. You can get everything there early and fast, and it helps support your friendly neighborhood singer-songwriter. Patreon.com slash Anya Marina. And I'm on all the socials at Anya Marina. I love you guys. Yo, you love my fans? Puddles, 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 puddles. puddles. <laughs> <laughs> that comes in right now. Puddles, puddles, everybody now puddles, 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 everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. You're standing in deep, you're getting real wet. You ain't that deep because you're kind of shallow. Shallow in the brain and shallow in your heart. You'll never get that deep inside the water, girl. You'll never get that deep. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. You know, when you're standing in the puddle, you don't know where to go because you're so deep. You don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how wet I am because I'm so wet. That's who I am. I'm so wet. Wet. I'm so wet. I'm so wet. I'm so, so, so wet. Now, come on in. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down and then everyone will come over here. Yes, puddles. Puddles, puddles.